Welcome once again to Mission Moultrie Podcast. I'm uh, Sam Baker, your host. Excited to be here today with John Norman. Hey, Sam. What's up, man? You doing good this week? I'm doing fantastic. And Sam, I want to, before we get started with our special guest today, I just want to thank you because uh, you're doing a lot of work to put these podcasts together, and um, they would not be happening without you. And you're a gift to the body of Christ, and I just want to thank you for that. Man, that's awesome. Thank you. That's very encouraging. Um, our, speaking of our special guests, uh, today in the studio, we have Pastor... One of, one of my favorite people. Yeah, one definitely. Pastor Benji Nobles. How you doing? I'm doing good, gentlemen. Gentlemen, thank you for that compliment. One of your you're favorite welcome. people. You're welcome. Yeah, nice to be here. I'm excited. Awesome. Um... Pastor Benji is a pastor of Greater Believers Worship Center. Uh, before we dive off into that, let's recap real quick. Coming off of last week, we're in the middle of our Seven Realities for Experiencing God series. Uh, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, I encourage you to go back, listen to all of our podcasts, but especially last week with Pastor Brad Bowen of Heritage Church. He gave us a awesome introduction to the series and how God put this on uh, his heart to share with our community and just the reception that our community gave it, the work he's doing with pastors, really phenomenal stuff. So go back and listen to that. Today we're going to dive into reality number one, but before we do, uh, Pastor Benji, I'm just going to call you Benji. That's good. Um, tell us a little bit about Greater Believers Worship Center and your and your work there. Okay, yes, this is a new plant in Moultrie, uh, about two and a half years old. We're almost approaching three in the mo- in March two thousand twenty one, so we're two and a half months old. Uh, uh, we God have called us to this place to in this area to assist the church in transforming lives, uh, equipping men and women, boys and girls for the work of the ministry and impacting our community uh coming from albany georgia me and my wife and two daughters god moved upon us to uh, come here and and plant a church and and we are here awesome man it is uh my wife and son and daughter we had an opportunity to uh, visit uh pastor benji's church uh back at the beginning of the year before COVID. Yes. And um, I just would encourage anyone to uh, give him a call and 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 find out when he's going to be in service again and and go, go just go spend some time visiting with him sometime. He'll it the, it was a sweet sweet spirit in that place. Yeah, quick plug. He's also uh, tearing up Facebook Live. He with is. The, with the Bible studies, oh the my Q&As. Goodness. <laughs> and ask, uh, add, yeah, the Q&As. We're going to put a link to the Greater Believers Worship Center uh, Facebook page in the show notes. So go over there, show mm-hmm. Pastor Benji uh, and his church plant some support by liking his page, following that. And I'm sure he would love for you to participate in the Bible studies and oh. the Q&As. Oh, yes. And your wife has a, a page or is it pastor's wives? Yes, pastor's wives, the naked truth. Mm. Oh, there okay. you go. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Get we'll Mackenzie, check that out. I will. Yeah, that's my wife, by the way. If for those of you who don't know. What's your who's your wife, John? Now My wife is 
Laura Norman. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you follow me on Facebook, you just saw a post earlier that says the best part of my life is my wife, Laura oh, Norman. Yes. So, Bam. Same here. Y'all, yes. y'all have been married <laughs> as long as we, we're celebrating 25 yeah. years. There you go. On the 16th of the this month. The silver anniversary. Yes. That's cool. I'm 11. 11 in. Hang we in got there. Married pretty Hang young. in there. You'll get there. Oh, yeah. I plan, I plan on... <laughs> Meeting and, and exceeding. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, so let's jump in. Uh, we are following the format of seven realities. So if you have your book uh, and you're somewhere where you can join us, uh, we're going to start around page 17. We're going to be in that week one, reality one, uh, titled God's Work. Uh, if you're listening in your car, please don't pull your book out. Focus on the road and keep doing that. Uh, but we'll we'll read all the quotes that we're referring to and give some page numbers. So if you want to go back and check that out. If you don't have your book, uh, get in contact with Heritage Church or Friendship Alliance. Uh, I know for a fact you can get books through there, probably Lakeside. I think there, well. there may still be some available at Beans and Strings, too. I know they were going to make some. Available. Okay, well. and these episodes are coming out pretty real time. So by the time you hear this, uh, you're not too far behind. You can still jump in. That's right. Um, so make that happen. Okay, so we're just going to cherry pick some of our favorite, some of the statements that stood out to us from this week of study. Uh, and we're going to get uh, Benji's take on those and uh, how they speak into his ministry context. and That's perfect. Um, he said earlier, in, when you were kind of telling us a little bit about greater believers, mm-hmm. um, that you came, God called you here, mm-hmm. um, in essence, to join the work that he was doing here. That's right? correct. So I, you've told me a little bit about it, and um, I've heard you share with others a little bit. It was, how did how did he lead you here? Because... I mean, he led you here, right? I mean, there was a series of events, and that's one thing the Experiencing God, you know, this series is all about, is learning how to hear God and to discern the will of God and and to see his work and then join him in that. And so just tell us a little bit about that, Pastor Bendy. Yeah, I think... think, the, what we miss most oftentimes is the unfolding of divine events, mm. who you meet, when you meet them, when, when it occurs, God working all things after uh, the counsel of uh, his own will. So my wife has been working in Moultrie for quite some time as a guidance counselor in, and both of us was commuting outside of Albany uh, to go to work. Uh, finally, I told her, uh, let's, let's stop commuting. Uh, if anyone is going to commute, I'm going to commute. And so we were going to sell the home in Albany, come to Moultrie, and and just uh, go back and forth to our home church. Uh, and what occurred was I remember dropping my daughter off at C.A. Gray Junior High School. My wife had went to a conference, and I saw a building, uh, and I just inquired uh, concerning that building. But when we made the move, uh, it's like immediately God started dealing with me uh, two o'clock in every morning for at least nine months, uh, dealing with me about pastoral ministry. Mm. Uh, I was serving as a uh, associate minister, elder, and I was fine. Uh, and then God started dealing with me, uh, previously have dealt with me in dreams, and some things start to come to reality. 
And so uh, I finally said, okay, because it was consistent. It was consistent to the point that it was uh, aggravating me. Uh, and, and I've heard pastors, individuals talk about that, that burning, that, that, that weight. And he put that weight on me. And I finally said, okay. And, and while he was waking me up, I knew, uh, and this is one thing everyone need to know that if God wakes you up consistently, uh, the first thing you ought to do is pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he began, I began to pray and he would give me instructions and I would write them down, uh, concerning the ministry. Uh, and what's going on, how he wants to use my gifting uh, for the body of Christ. And so I submitted to that. And immediately when I submitted to that, uh, things start to take place in terms of the building. I inquired of the building. uh, And the building had been vacant for at least a year. Uh, And uh, the pastor of that building had a church there. He moved somewhere else uh, and started having his church. So I asked him. He said he did not want to rent, did not want to lease, but he wanted someone to purchase that church. He wanted a church to purchase it. And so December, uh, I called him and I told him, I am not going to purchase the church. Give it away. Give it away. Uh, Whoever wants it, go ahead. And I started looking, you know, at other areas, uh, but that church could not get off my heart. And so I called him. I asked him, uh, hey, man, I need to I need to speak with you. I just can't get this building off my mind. Uh, and then we met, uh, and I talked with him. Uh, we met for lunch, and I he said, well, I asked him, what was the problem? What was the issue? I can't purchase it. Uh, he said, well, let's go to my church to pray. And prayer was one of my, mm-hmm. you know, I you know, I was thinking, well, maybe he's challenging me. Nah, if you're going to pray to hear God, let's go. So we prayed, and prophetic utterances came forth. Only me and him was there. Uh, and he woke up, he, we got out of that prayer, um, and he stated that, uh, God has spoke to him. He said, let me talk with the board, um, that Wednesday, we met that Monday, that Wednesday, he was to meet with his board about the church. He called me on Wednesday and said, what can you afford? And, uh, and I told him, they said, okay, we will give you, we will allow you to meet in that church. And from then on, it's been meeting individuals like yourselves, uh, coming in contact. Um, and then also my job, the nature of my job was stressful. And, and I was telling God, I can't pastor and do this. Uh, and then there was a promotion that came uh, to another location that was less stressful, gave me time to study, gave me time to be a pastor. Uh, so those are some of the small things, the unfolding of divine events that led to that. So, Sam, it sounds like to me what he's describing is on page uh, 18, miraculous activity. Yes. Yeah, I'm there. And um, and so, you know, so a lot of this stuff, Pastor um, Benji, you know, we start talking about dreams. We start talking about prophetic utterances. Um, people can get kind of uh, start squirming in their seats when we start talking about these things. Right. Um. <clears throat> But it's that is the way God leads and guides. He does not only, you know, mm-hmm. but he does use those things and they're always confirmed by his word. They never contradict his word. That's correct. And they're always confirmed by other brothers in the church. And so there's there's always these confirmations and um we always have to use wisdom, of course, when yes. when we think 
you know, especially if it's a dream or something like that, we mm-hmm. have to we have to use we have to seek that wise counsel mm-hmm. and wait upon the Lord to make sure that we know that we know. Um, because as humans, we can be easily deceived, right? And we can let emotions and our own ambitions and, and mm-hmm. so many things like that. So, <clears throat> but m- miraculous activity. So, um, I got a quote highlighted. Do it. I like it. What you so, got? so in light of that, mm-hmm. uh, if you're with us at home, uh, page eighteen, third indent. Uh, or third paragraph, our Lord doesn't come to us to discover what we'd like to accomplish for Him. He encounters us in order to reveal His activity and invite us to become involved in His work. That's right. I, um, that sounds a lot like what you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing uh, because it's all about Him. It's all about what, and since He's all knowing, uh, He's omniscient. Uh, and he's eternal sovereign. There's things about us and things about activities and things about everything that he knows that we don't know. And so one of the things is, is that we have to partner with him. And that was so, and that was so profound as we look at uh, the seven realities, looking at the life of Moses. And I mentioned this, uh, Moses was the biggest mistake ever used by God mm. because he should not have been used. Uh, early on, even even if we look at the fact that uh, that his mother placed him in the Nile River. Now, I know we look at Charleston Heston's view of that, <laughs> but it was much different. The Nile River had crocodiles, had large snakes, and we think it was a close because where the children of Israel was, were they were they were miles from the palace of Pharaoh. So that baby, and if you know the story, that baby ended up uh, being adopted by Pharaoh, so he was the biggest mistake. And one of the things and and one of the things our mistakes can sometimes become the catalyst for God's use. I, I I think that's a great point because I think many of our listeners can relate and even think that about all their mistakes. Yes. And they can be at a place in their life where they think I'm I'm God can't use me in any significant way because I've been, you know, I've made so many mistakes, but oh my gosh, that's don't fall for that. That is, that is a a deception of, of the enemy because that's, that's exactly who God can use. And a lot of times that's where he chooses that ground is fertile, fertile soil, that humility of, of knowing that you are fallible. Yes. You know, um, our, our mistakes and bring us to a place of humility where God can actually begin to work in our hearts then. And we're in, uh, by the way, for our listeners, we're in Exodus chapters 1 and Mm -hmm. 2. If you want to pause this podcast, familiarize yourself with Exodus chapters 1 and 2. That way we don't have to keep catching you up on the story (laughs) every time if you're not familiar. But one of the great points talking about Moses and talking about his personality. Um, and this was covered in the introduction material that, uh, God is about his work and invites us to be a part of that work. And I thought this, uh, sentence was just great. It says at the time God was about to deliver the children of Israel 
The overriding concern was his will for Israel, not his will for Moses. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. It was it was a long view. It was a long view to redemption. That's right. Uh, it was a of, huge story. I mean, it was a huge plan. Uh, it was part of the redemptive, like, you, like you're saying, it was the redemptive plan of God that Moses at that time was just playing a part of. Um, yeah, I think from Sunday school material as kids, we can sometimes, uh, in our tendency in Christian literature to do character studies versus uh, studies of books of the Bible, but Exodus is not the story of Moses. That's correct. It's the story of God's people being delivered from bondage. Moses is just uh, an instrument and a person that uh, joined in with the work that God was doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah, the scripture says those things that were written after a time when Paul was talking to the church at Rome and Corinth. Uh, those things that were mentioned before was mentioned for our learning and our admonition that we through patience of the scripture might have hope. So when we look at the life of Moses, when we look at his life and you see in the book of Acts, the church, uh, part of the first New Testament uh, ministry or the first New Testament sermon after Pentecost, Peter mentioned Moses. And so even in that, it shows you that God had a redemptive plan. God is at work. Uh, and many times uh, it, it causes us to see God in the small details because mm-hmm. he's hitting in plain sight. <laughs> it causes us like to that. look at the fine details uh, at work. And, and if we look at our lives and I tell people all the time and people ask me, how do I know about it? I said, well, go back and look at the fine details, mm-hmm. go back, chart it and you will see God at work because he's mm-hmm. always at work. He's, mm-hmm. Which is so much different from seeking a sign or yes. trying. It's not breaking a code. I feel like God is very um, obvious in yes. his work. He's he's not hiding. If you spend in, and we'll have uh, this guy on the podcast later, uh, David Dennis from Calvary Baptist Church. He uses the term perspicuity a lot to talk about scripture. It means that. God wants to be known. Absolutely. And God shows himself to us. There Absolutely. Is, there's no code or riddle. Yep. And I think what Pastor Benji's saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is mm-hmm. just pay attention. Yes. Pay attention to what God's doing in your community and in your life and among your your body. Well, and and as we're you know, the interesting thing is is when we really decide in our heart that we want to know God's will for our life, and we want to live a God-centered life. Um, there's there's some there's some testing that comes with that. Sometimes, sometimes God will check us check us there and see if that's really, you know, what our heart's desire is. Because a lot of times, um, and, and that's what I love about this study because it helps you to see, okay, what is God doing? Not not what are you doing? Not what has God called you to, but what is God doing? And you go you go join him in that. That's correct. And in doing that, then he'll start revealing to you personally how you are uniquely gifted, you know, and how he can use your gifts uniquely in what he's doing. 
mm-hmm. and a great satisfaction. But it, it's kind of like if you're not faithful, the principle, the biblical principle, if you're not faithful with the little things, yes. you know, you won't be faithful with the bigger things. And so sometimes we want God to, you know, use us in the way we want to be used. And God's like, mm, that's not really the way it works. Yeah, sometimes you got to take the trash out. That's right. Somebody's got to do it. Sometimes you got to serve. And and it's like uh, one of my favorite pastors, Mark Rutland, um, one of his favorite things is to say is if you're too big to preach to the little group, you're too little to preach to the big group, you know. And so if you're too big to do the small things, you're too small to do the big things. And uh, just just one of the principles, Sam, in that, that same thing, <clears throat> that same um, paragraph you were in, just continue, continuing in like the, sec, the third sentence, it says, an encounter with God requires us to adjust ourselves to the activity of God that's been revealed. Oh my goodness. And so that's what you were, that's, that's what you were testifying to is how you and your wife talked and how, Hey, we got, we've got to make some adjustments and we're, we feel the, like the Lord's leading us in this direction and that direction. And you began making those adjustments and, and aligning kind of getting in position where you could do what God was calling you to do. That's right. That's so, right. Um, I feel like, um, just by meeting, Benji and John and a and a few other folks in town, the more people God like puts in my way, the more adjusting I do to become because I want to be a part of what Benji's doing. We're we're going to help him out with an event. It will already have taken place by the time this podcast mm-hmm. comes out, but we're gonna go do what he's involved yeah, in. Yeah, and we'll I want to ske- support you John. would schedule it on a weekend that I'm I'm yeah. doing something else. Thanks, Sam. But, you know, I want to just hit the mic. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I want to be involved in what John's doing at his church. I want to support. And I think that's uh, just bringing it back to Mission Moultrie real quick. Uh, that's a big part of what we like to see. One big example is the divine interruption. That's right. That was an awesome example of pastors and lay people seeing what God is doing and how he's moving and responding to that by supporting one another. I thought that was awesome. Benji, I do want to say you did an excellent job. Uh, Your message, your prayer that day was awesome. And I mean, the guy came right in from work. The hat was coming off as he's going on the stage, and he was just like with it. He was ready in season and out of season. It was awesome to see that. I I I just want to say you did a great job. Well, um, I think it's key to when when we start talking about adjusting our lives. um, I think it's key to go back to one of the key verses in the intro from last week, Hebrews. 11.6, 11.6, it says, mm-hmm. without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because when we start adjusting our lives, it's going to take faith. I mean, we may be cutting back hours at work. We may be rescheduling time. We're sacrificing time. And, and some of those things might be, you know, bringing us in finances or, you know, and and getting over into um this is this is jumping over to i think day 3 a god centered perspective 
where it's talking about that, you know, does God have the, have you given God permission to interrupt your life, your day? You know, um, someone needs comforting. Someone needs, you know, gas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're broke down. Or someone just needs, someone just needs some of your time, you know. And, and, but in America, we get real anxious because yes. we're, we're doers, we're achievers, yes. we're overachievers. You know, we got to-do lists, we've got ambitions, and we're like, I'm, I'm grinding it out, man. I'm working. I'm, I'm, I don't have time. You need, you know, you need to solve your own problems or you, you know, I'm, I'm busy. Yeah, that takes someone with a, a very keen sense of thinking. One of, one of the things I encourage uh, the members at Greater Believers, and I say this often before my, uh, my, my sermons, if you are listening and hear me and watching me today, that means that God's purpose for your life is calling out it for eternity. Mm. And I encourage them, the first thing you do in the day sets your priority. Uh, if you grab your cell phone and look on Facebook, then your your Facebook gonna be your priority, but if you grab, if you wake up and you said thank God, uh, and you able to look up and you said thank God, then you set your whole course. I think it hey, was it in Job or Psalm says command your morning. He talked about commanding your morning mm. that that first that first look in the morning, uh, it it sets the precedence. And you mentioned about faith. Uh, one of the things I think about the scripture that said it just shall live by faith. Mm -hmm. Anybody know anything about that word live? It actually means survive. Uh, and in reality, you know, faith live outside of our senses. We walk by faith, not by sight. Right. Right. We're connected to this world only through our five senses. Mm -hmm. It connects us. So, but we're connected to God through something much deeper because right. God don't care about our what five senses. Right. He, you know, he's concerned, but his life, the life that we live in him and the walk in him is spiritual. That's right. So we cannot, I don't think we can overemphasize enough that if we're going to live a God-centered life, if we're going to join him in his work, um, faith is going to be central to that. Yes. It is, we will not experience God apart from faith. It's impossible. it's impossible. And so just like you said, our five senses connect us to this world. It is faith that connects us to God's world and what he's doing in the kingdom of God. And um, <clears throat> it took faith for Moses to look at a bush, a burning bush, and listen to it. Absolutely. And he, in the, and out of the bush, God said, well, take off that shoes. Most of us, if I walk in the woods, if I walk in the wilderness, and see something like that, most of us are going to question it. We're going to mm -hmm. try to come up with some scientific fact. Some, we're going to question, we're going to start thinking. And then most of us are going to tell it out of there. <laughs> but it was something about yeah. what he knew about his experience with God from that point. That's and he right. said, you know what? I can trust him. And then God, and that was a test. Who did mention that was a test from God whether or not he was going to respond to the next level. So I would encourage anyone that's listening to this podcast to share listen. Trust God, oh man, trust God during the test and during that, that time. Just trust him. And then then he can trust you now with the next level, your right. where, wherever that may be. The, the word talks about moving from faith to faith. We learn, we, learn, we learn to start trusting him in 
you know, the ironic thing is, is the first thing we trust God for is the biggest thing we'll ever trust God for. Oh my goodness. Which is salvation, you know, and, and I used to struggle with, you know, do I have faith and, 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 uh, pastor Randy Valamont, the late pastor Randy Valamont, pastor of Griffin first assembly, uh, incredible man of God, heart of, for missions, their church every year gives millions of dollars to missions. It's amazing. And, but he said, I remember one morning I was there and, and he said, listen, quit, quit asking yourself, you know, do you have enough, enough faith? If you're, if you're born again and, and you've trusted and you've believed in Jesus Christ for your salvation, that he could reconcile a sinner like you to a holy God, you've got enough faith to believe him for anything. And man, man, from that day forward, I haven't, I haven't struggled with, do I have enough faith? You know, um, that was settled for me, um, through that word, through that teaching. And, um, uh, a God centered perspective on day three, Sam, I wanted to, I wanted to cover this. Um, and this is, uh, one, two, three, four paragraphs down page 22, page 22 says uh, God continues to seek those as responsive as Philip to go on, and this is talking about the apostle Philip, mm-hmm. to go on mission with him. The reason God's movement isn't evident in more places today isn't that he's unable or unwilling to work. He first looks for those willing to have their lives radically adjusted away from their self-centered activities and placed in the center of God's activity around the world. Um, one of the one of the things um, uh, last year when when Mission Moultrie was forming and the pastors um, were meeting together and we were having our roundtable discussions, lay leaders and pastors together, and we were looking at, you know, what we knew that prayer um, would would always be the center and the foundation of whatever we whatever mission Moultrie, whatever God was calling us to do. And one of the, um, one of the main prayer points, prayer focuses was, um, we would pray for the Lord of harvest to send workers into the fields. And so I think that's, I think that's why this teaching is so important. I think it's connected to, God answering those prayers because he's having to teach people. The Holy Spirit's going to teach people through this series, you know, how to work for him and how to join him because these, you know, the Lord of the harvest, the sin workers, he's, the Holy Spirit's having to give us an understanding of, well, where do we go? What, you know, we just don't get up, put our boots on every day and, and go, out and wait for a bus to come by. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, we don't go to Home Depot or Walmart and wait mm-hmm. outside for somebody to come along and offer us a job. We, we learn how to, through the reading of his word and through prayer and through, we learn how to discern those things. And also, um, one of the questions associated with day three is how are you developing a God-centered perspective, spiritually preparing yourself to join God's work? And what I find, That's a great question. It, and this day three is is very focused on uh, b- 
God's mission, not our mission, but God's mission um, in a community, in the world. And he, the Blackaby is going to use throughout uh, week one this concept of getting in the mainstream of God's activity. And for me, that, as I was looking through this study, just brought to mind, you know, if you're wanting to whitewater raft, I'm an outdoor guy, uh, John is kayaking, backpacking, Benji uh, on his Facebook, he's got some fishing deer going on, deer oh. hunt, big deer hunter. <laughs> so if you can imagine, let's say you wanted to get into something like whitewater rafting, or what you really wanted to do is get into whitewater kayaking, mm. okay? Mm. It would be, a, you could stand at the side of the river, read all the books, look at all the YouTube videos, or... You could jump in a raft with nine other people or how many ever people, you know, seven other people and become a part of a community that's going to ease you into this mainstream. That's right. And then maybe one day you work your way up through skills to become that solo whitewater kayaker. My point being is so many people sit on the sidelines that's right. waiting for that calling waiting for that moment waiting for the pastor to ask them to do something yeah when um you can join communities of people whether it's your entire church whether it's a missional community whether it's a small group uh whether it's mission moultrie uh people who are doing god's work whether you feel like you're called jump in with those guys jump in with them see what they're doing, see what God's doing. And you might discern later that God's got a, a specific special calling for you, but it's a lot easier to find that out when you know what God's doing in the community. And so often, uh, Steve Scarrow, pastor of Friendship Alliance, uh, he's big on there is no spiritual couch. There is no team bench that you sit on and wait to get put in the game. Uh, we're all in the game. That's right. And uh, if if you need a place to jump in, if you feel through this study or through listening to this podcast that God is moving in your heart, that you have been sitting on the sidelines and waiting for a calling, I really encourage you to go to the Mission Moultrie Facebook page, go to the podcast page, message somebody, go to your pastor, uh, do something, jump in both feet and with other people. <clears throat> Don't th Nobody's asking you to do this solo. No, not at all. Uh, Philip, Philip did this solo, but, you know. After he'd spent three years with Jesus. Yeah. After he had spent with you know, 12 time. other guys. That's right. Apostles that's right. and multiple, uh, you know, tons of disciples. Um, yeah. This is what we know, Sam, on the authority of God's word is every one of us was God knew us before he formed us in the womb. We knew that that's, that's the, that's what God's word says. And, and, he he was intentional about every human being that he created. And he has a purpose. He wants to reveal himself to us. 
He wants to, he invites us in to do his, to join in his miraculous moments and those miraculous activities. He wants to reveal to us his, his divine nature. You know, first and foremost, he wants to share that with us through being born again. And so he wants to impart to us, you know, the ability to think and feel and act like Jesus did. And so, Sam, thank you for encouraging the listeners to do that. I'm, I'm confident that the Holy Spirit's going to use this podcast to continue the work, you know, and, and inspire people, that community. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the church in Moultrie, Georgia, and the surrounding areas to come together and really start walking in the promises and the power and all the provision that's been given to us in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I think most people, and one of the things that Sam was saying was like get involved and not just sit on the sideline. Uh, uh, I don't know, I guess uh, uh, the Democratic gospel uh, have said, you know, you go, because ever since we've been in school and going to college, it's been get the training and then you go. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, when it comes down to God's kingdom is tra- get in it and then you're trained. Uh, and so that was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I learned uh, my first deep sea fishing trip, uh, and this is the power of, uh, of, of unlearning. Uh, the guy we was we was fishing went out from Pensacola, 35 miles out. He said, all right, gentlemen, he said, you will not catch snapper like you catch bass. He said, when, when the snapper gets on the hook, you got to give. Then pull. Mm. Those of us that's used to fishing in Southwest Georgia, we snatch. Mm. But he said, "Give." We want to set the hook right, right away. Right, trust it. And so, even when it comes down to God, is giving in, and then He will show you. Uh, that's what I learned early uh, that uh, He reveals my gifting when I'm in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes it takes a switch, a key. We to have unlock. to take action. Yes, we have to take action. And um, to piggyback on Benji here, um, and just his life and how he got set up with greater believers, you, um, we're talking a lot about gifting and uh, your individual role, but those roles and giftings are not manifested while you're sitting at your house by yourself. No, no. Um, I know it's popular, and you know you can make comments on the Facebook page or the uh, Instagram page, but to take some spiritual gifting uh, inventories, and those can be useful, but they're not as useful as interacting with a body of believers who can um, affirm a gifting, who can see that gifting for you and and kind of mold that into where it's most useful, but it's almost impossible to sit at home by yourself and be like, you know what? I'm a gifted teacher Sam, with no students. Funny, <laughs> kind of a, it, it's funny, but it's not funny, but it, it, it's people normally laugh when I tell the story is, uh, I, I had the desire to be a Sunday school teacher and, and, and currently I am, I've, I've taught Sunday school for many years now and really enjoy it. Really like, feel like that's one of, you know, God's main callings on my life is teaching. But um, when I first, when that desire was first born in my heart, I was like, yeah, I want, I want to teach Sunday school. And 
I, I just heard pretty much as clear as I've ever heard the Lord speak to me. He said, John, you don't even go to Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I had to start going to Sunday school and, and sitting, you know, under other teachers and submitting, you know what I'm saying, and just being a part of that, you know, before I was ever offered or the opportunity to teach Sunday school. And so I think that's the principle we're talking about here. We want to do things. God's put it in our heart to do things. And we're like, well, I don't know how I could ever do that. I don't know if I, nobody's going to ever give me the opportunity. Well, they're probably not unless you go and you do what you can do. When you, when you do all you can do, man, that's when God starts showing up and doing what he can do. But if you, until you do what you can do and until you take this initiative, because that's what God's looking for. God's looking for that heart that's hungry and that's after God and wants to be a part of it. And there's something we can all do right now, you know, to advance the kingdom of God. And so it's like with Moses back to the desert. You know, he's making all these excuses of why he can't be used. And God's like, what you got in your hand there? You know, and it started with what he had in his hand, which was just a stick, you know. And so good stuff. Cool. Let's uh, let's move to day four. So we've kind of been talking about that person who might have an inkling saying, like, I think I've got a gifting, but I'm not going to get in the game yet. We want to encourage those people to get in the game. Then there's the people who are like, I don't have time to get in the game. And as pastors and Sunday school teachers and uh, leaders, we hear this a lot. I would like to hear uh, from Benji, Mm -hmm. who has a, um, I'm going to call it high-power full-time job. Yeah, lots of huge responsibility. Lots of responsibility. Can you talk to us about how God's using you and you're you managed to be a father, a husband, and have a full time job. Just just talk to us about it. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I think one of the things that uh, and it's a every learning process uh, yielding to him. Uh, the more and more I yield to him, the more and more he helps me to balance all those out. Uh, and one of the things is, uh, you know, it's amazing how what I do uh, on a natural. Uh, level uh it is is it's the same type uh he is is working together with what i do on a spiritual level you know dealing with people's lives uh it takes balance it takes trust in all in him and knowing when to switch off the hat and when to put it on uh one of the things that i think most individuals uh struggle with is the fact that you know am i and should i well i want to encourage you yes one of the things about gifts uh, all of us are gifts to someone at some point. Uh, and and I use this example. Uh, if I give you a gift at Christmas, it is no good to you unless you open it up. And so God placed gifts all around us. Uh, and it's interesting, uh, but it's a, it's a balancing act to answer your question and trusting in him. Uh, I gave up myself a long time ago, uh, especially when I'm saying, God, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Uh, and then he said, okay, trust me. And it's amazing. I talked about this last Monday during the pastor's meeting. It's amazing that the time, this time for me is learning more to trust him rather than what I can do, That's right. uh, especially being educated and all that kind of what, stuff. What God showed me through um, being an entrepreneur, running a business, 
um, sometimes more than one business, still being a husband, father, grandfather already, you know, and, and being involved at my church in ministry is when Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He was, he was serious. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He didn't call us to something. He is, he is not a hard taskmaster. Okay. And we can, we can do all that he's called us to do with, with a lightness. Not that the responsibilities aren't huge and big and they can be weighty. You know, they, they're, he does big things, but it's his work. He's, he's doing the work and we can, we can trust that we can rest in that. And, um, I mean, there's times that, you know, I'm like, God, I got a business to run. (laughs) You know, I got deadlines to meet and objectives and man, he has just proved so faithful year after year after year. I mean, we're, we're 20 years into owning the business and there's been some, there's been some white knuckle times. It's been a roller coaster ride, but God is so faithful. And that's really where he makes you, you know, is, is in those times. Absolutely. And Benji is truly an awesome guy. Uh, so is John running business. I would also like to point out uh, your sister, John. She is an amazing. How she? Uh, <laughs> I'm talking a whole nother level now. <laughs> yeah, I, she is the person I automatically think of. It's Andrea Scarrow. She might be embarrassed for yeah. me talking about her. She's but a superstar. She is a superstar because when people, and I feel like I'm hammering on people who have a lot of excuses about not getting involved, but this we want to experience God. Yeah through jumping into that mainstream. That's what week one is about, is jumping in to what he is doing all around us. And there are people, Benji, John, Andrea, who have looked around them. They have seen what God is doing in their community, and they have chosen to jump into that, like I said, with both feet. And uh, if you know Andrea Scary, you know what we're talking about, that she is superwoman when it comes to ministry and taking time for people and uh, another running a a high-power job uh, that bears a lot of responsibility. She's just an awesome person, worth pointing out. She is. Uh, she's she's, she's one of my heroes of, of the faith. I mean, from from as a teenager watching her, you know, give her not skip lunch, basically fast lunch and save her lunch money to give to missions. Okay. Oh man. You know, I've seen her, I've seen her ridiculed at school. I've watched other girls walk behind her on, on the sidewalk, mocking her as she walked down the sidewalk. And I've just seen her, you know, year after year for years, be faithful to the call of God on her life. Kicked cancer's butt. Okay, she's missionary. Missionary, you know, and she's she's not going to like this at all. But <laughs> it's not. it's doable by the power of God. That's right. It's doable through the power of God. Yeah. And um, by His grace, you know, you, we learn how to trust Him because He is so so faithful. 
That's why we can have faith in him. It's because he is so faithful. He will not let you down. Test him, the word says. Just try him. Take him at his word. He will. One of my favorite songs I'm listening to a lot right now says, uh, because you said it, we believe it. Oh, yeah. You know, and because uh, you're a man of your word, talking about Jesus, the God man. And um, so the apostles walked in the, in the mentality, it is through him that we move and have our very being. And while you're talking, Sam, you know, one of the things that I recognize when I immediately encounter you was this is someone that God has placed uh, to be the polish for pastors. Mm. And so, uh, you know, and I met and I saw it. I said, you know what? Some of the things that he said and some of the things you're talking about, some of the discussions we've had about small groups and this and that. And, and I said, okay, well, you know, uh, I need to pick this guy's brain because there's something in his life that God has said, you know what? That's going to help you. And so when we recognize that, one of the things we have to admit for anyone, I would tell anyone that's struggling and knowing where God is, how to be used and all that, there are no accidents. There's no coincidence in God. That's right. So even where you're at now, in your position, wherever you're working, God is saying, God is saying that I can use you right there. And so many times people look at that as uh, a trial or test, but it's God. God is there. He's breathing on it. That's right. If you are hearing us, that's right. That means God still have purpose for your life. So stay right there and, and see it as a God at work and not coincidental. That rolls perfectly into day five. That's right. Uh, page 27, question one, I think is something wherever you're listening to this right now, you should be asking yourself. It says there are two ways to look at every situation. How will it affect you and how will it affect God's kingdom? Which best describes your perspective? And then I'm going to add, which one do you think they want you to answer? <laughs> what do you think is the correct answer here? Yeah. So, but before answer you jump to the Sunday school, before you jump to the Sunday school answer, because the the days before the wrap up at the end of the uh, <coughs> chapter, those are for your personal study time. So, right. be honest with yourself in that question, because some days I'm one. And some days I'm the other, um, but staying kingdom focused is uh, is where we want to be. It only happens when we do like Jesus said, and we take up our cross daily and follow Him. That's great. And it's it's going to be a dying to yourself. There is there is going to be some anxiety for your flesh. Okay, it and it, it as you start. Stepping out on faith, not on what you see, but on what what you hear the Word telling you, what you hear the Spirit leading you. When you step out on faith and you begin making personal sacrifices of your time, of your resources, of the things God's given you to be a steward over, Mm. when you start seeking His will and His plan and His purpose for your life and your time and the resources He's given you, it's going to... It's going to, it's, that's that crisis of faith we're going to come into later on in this reality. But, um, man, Pastor Benji, thank you for coming in here today and um, just sharing your heart with us. Um, I told Sam before this that we, we're going to have you back real soon when this series is over because God's doing so much in our community right now. And um, 
when I was at your church, we talked about Acts 2, Acts 4, and how the, how the church in that day, they had all things in common, the Word says, and none of them among them were needy. And we, we talked about what does that look like today in the 21st century. So we want, I want to have that conversation with you, and uh, we want to really um, get into that later on after this series is over. So will you come back? I will come back. Awesome. Please, I enjoyed it. We, I, I love having you here. I've been wanting to have you in, not just for this series. Uh, I want to talk about church planting. I want to have you back to, to talk about the challenges that are kind of unique to that um, ministry focus. But just thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, and if you're, you're listening out there, uh, this is a guy you want to get to know. Uh, and do that, interact with us. If you want, if you have a question, uh, related to, uh, the seven realities, uh, for pastor Benji, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Instagram, get in contact with us. We'll get your questions to him and, uh, we'll get some answers for you because he's got an awesome, uh, unique perspective on this. That's why we had him on. That's right. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, um, and just to close this out, t- tell us, uh, when can we see you on Facebook Live? What's your schedule? Facebook Live, so on uh, on Sunday mornings at 1115, uh, I do uh, our uh, in live, not in live, but Sunday morning service. Uh, and then on Wednesday at 9 o'clock, I allow individuals into my personal Bible study time for Q&A. Uh, that's like crazy. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So anybody that can ask me any no question. No holes barred there. Right. Just, just yeah. any question, you know, uh, is, is there, uh, you're going through something, you want to know what the Bible says about it, or if there's a scripture that you're saying, what is it saying? And not that I know everything, but as a collective body, you know, uh, I love Q&A. On Thursdays, we have Search for the Truth Bible Study on Facebook Live at 7 o'clock. I'm also utilizing uh, a different app called Band uh, that oh, – yeah, cool. uh, that if you uh, want hip, to, man. Yeah, you want to get involved. <laughs> you yeah, use band, yeah, yeah, for our church plant. Okay, it's like one of the best. It's like a private Facebook, basically. Yes. Cool. Yeah. yeah. See, I know nothing about it. Well, uh, thank you for being here, John. Thank you for your time. Uh, you're a busy man. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please continue to share uh, this podcast through all your social media outlets. Every time you share that, we definitely see a bump in the downloads. Uh, So we want to thank you for your time. That's it for Mission Moultrie this week. Be sure to join us next week. Same uh, Mission Moultrie time, same Mission Moultrie channel. Yes, sir. God bless.